Ladies and gentlemen, we're expecting some moderate turbulence. Please remain seated and enjoy the show. Hello. Oh, you started off. Hello. Welcome to Moderate Turbulence. My name's Jeremy. And I'm Adele. How are you, Adele? Doing well. I mean, currently jobless, but that is how the cookie crumbles these days. Yeah, well, life in with the airline. With lots of cookies. Yeah, that's life in the airline industry right now. Because COVID is kind of doing a number on us. Well, what's new? What have you been up to in the last week? I mean, my new obsession, slash not really, but currently is applying for all the dogs that I am seeing on adoption sites and yeah. hoping that one will end up being our new baby. So Our new family member. That's what we're looking for. I mean, not just puppies, but like, I was hoping for any dog, but then the dogs that are adults tend to not like cats and we have cats. So it's a whole situation that is very difficult and long and it's been a while and it's June and we still don't have a dog. We will get a dog eventually. It's going to happen when it's meant to be and we'll get the right dog that fits with our family. Hmm. Okay. Anything else you've been up to other than applying for dogs? We, we started playing a new sport. Oh, it's true. I mean, we first started off playing the sport virtually. Yes, because we, in these COVID times, we busted out my old, old, old uh, PS3, which literally hasn't seen the light of day in like a decade. So we busted that out. And I have like the the move controllers, PS3 move. So it has like a little camera and it's kind of like Wii controllers. So you stand up and you have to like do all the motions. And one of the games that we had on there was a disc golf game, disc golf. So we started play. we really enjoyed the video game. So we, one of these days when, of course, nobody's doing anything, we're like, let's see if we can play disc golf for real. So we got some discs at a local store and there's a, a course, like literally three minute drive from us. And we started doing that. We've played what, three or four rounds already? I think only three, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it gets us out with nine holes and it's like you said, right around the corner. So eventually yeah. we could start biking there and well eventually we'll graduate to the 18 hole courses as well well yeah but it's it's already it's it's difficult to throw it long distances when you're not used to it and i've also taken up running again so all my muscles are just sore all the time <laughs> so the good sore though the good kind of sore yeah so we'll have to because running around a golf or disc golf course is hard when I've just done a run earlier in the day that when has inflamed like, my muscles. Like 6 or 10K or something already. Okay, yeah. no, not 10K. But well, like, 6K is still I'm a good I'm working a good up one. on, you know, endurance. Yeah. Anyways, so we've been up to different things, which is just around the house, neighborhood type of things. Yep. That's what we do when we're jobless. Yeah. And we're kind of still bound to our house because if but, you go out, you still have to wait in line everywhere, yeah. which everything takes more time. So instead of wasting your time in a sense, might as well just stay home. I mean, yeah. I I think of going to let's say IKEA and I'm like, oh, 
what if we go and there's a huge lineup and we wait an hour outside? Yeah. Is it worth it? You know, it's like, do I really need that one picture frame to hang on the wall right this second? Is it worth one hour wait? That's kind of what everything is, you know, comes down to right now. So that's why you like, obviously we're going to go get groceries. And if we have to wait, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes outside of Costco, well, we, we do that. That's essential. Yeah. But everything else is like, hmm. The non-essential things. Going to a restaurant. We managed to go for brunch. Yeah, we made but, a reservation, so that was good. Yeah, five days in advance. We, yeah, we even much. got to uh, We got to Cold Garden, which surprised me that we even got in there. But it was the middle of the day. So but I it think, was a Saturday. It's usually like you yeah, can't but even it's, get in it there. It was the first week of reopening, so yeah. I feel like people aren't fully aware of what is open and what is not, and mm-hmm. also what's allowed and what's not allowed, because... I think restaurants, like as a general category, are open, but not all of them. Yeah. But people tend to think like bars and clubs and that type of establishment is not open. Be- well, I can't see clubs being open because they're well, like, not allowed because to have it's, a, it's a different kind of yeah. of establishment in that sense yeah. because you kind of stand around, you mingle, you don't really stand sit at a table necessarily. Yeah. So that's why, like restaurants where you eat food, you sit down at a table are open, yep. but a bar, so you can't necessarily like go sit out on the, the town yeah. and like be out till 3 a.m. Yeah. Not not right now. So anyways, that was a long, long tangent. <laughs> that's all good. We're here to talk. So that's what we're going to do as Adele polishes off another sip of wine. <laughs> but anyways, let's get back to our regularly scheduled accidents incidents aviation all that fun stuff situation so jeremy's turn this week it's and my he turn will take, take you on you a on journey, journey. <laughs> wow <laughs> that's, that's we're, we're in sync here apparently that's, oh boy that's what happens when you live with someone but you cannot escape them yeah. forever wow. Wow, you just made it sound like I have you trapped in prison. No, uh, no, people understand because it's COVID escape. times, as you keep saying. We are pretty much joined at the hip, it's true. So, like... She can leave at her own free will, just throwing that out there. No, but, like, in the past couple days, I feel like we've both kind of, like, you've played your video games, and mm. I've decided... Like I watch my own Netflix shows or I yeah. like do we, whatever. We've had and a little separation. We put in our own earphones or headphones or whatever. And yeah. then we're in the same room, but we kind of just do our own separate things yeah. because there's only so much Netflix binging that you can do during the day without feeling like a piece of crap. Yeah. Very true. Very so, true. Anyways, it's Jeremy's turn to take you on this ride. And it feels uh, bad saying there you that go. because you know how it's going to end, right? Like, well, not every situation that we read has to be bad. Well, it's not so much that it's bad. I mean, yes, the incident Mostly I'm about right to read now, it's probably it's, bad. But. Yeah, it's it's bad, but uh, you know, we learn from it, right? So you have to try and see what you can learn from these incidents. All right, All right. So the one I will be discussing this week is Swiss Air Flight 111. Do you know about this one? I mean, it's possible that I've heard of it, but right off the bat with that (laughs) flight number, I do not recall. All right. So one of the reasons why I chose this one is because it does, it took place in Canada, even though it's a Swiss Air flight. 
Interesting. It took, it took place just off of uh, Peggy's Cove. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I uh, now no, ringing a bell. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So. This was an aircraft incident that occurred September 2nd, 1998. This was on board a McDonnell Douglas MD-11. This is a large or heavy aircraft. It was operating the transatlantic flight from New York's JFK to Geneva, Switzerland. The aircraft carried 14 crew and 215 passengers for a total of 229 souls on board. The crew included Captain Urs Zimmerman and First Officer Stefan I'm trying to pronounce this correctly. Stefan Love. It's L-O with an umlaut. 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 And then W. But I think it's like a German pronunciation. L-O-W. Yeah. I guess Love. Love. Maybe. Okay. Because I was was watching a few things and they kind of pronounced it a little differently. Like, I mean, we'd look at that and say Love. But anyways, I don't want to pay any disrespect. So first officer, Stefan Love. Uh, both were very experienced, and Zimmerman, captain, was actually an instructor on the MD-11 as well. So the cabin crew consisted of a maître de cabine, or their version of a purser, and 11 flight attendants. So the MD-11 was a modern airliner, and Swissair was very proud of their state-of-the-art entertainment system. And this was available for their first class and their business class passengers. And this allowed them to watch movies, play games, browse the internet, and gamble. Browse the internet? Yes. Now remember, in this 1998? is 1998, so this was quite the luxury on board. I didn't even know that even existed, period. We barely had internet at home at that time. The, the internet was full-fledged at that point. Like 98, had, I remember like the dial-up. Yeah, you could get cable internet at that time, too. Like, <laughs> Thank you for your, for your modem sounds. That was wonderful. <laughs> Like, you had to wait for it to to connect. And- well, but like thinking back, when I started, I started flying in 2000, and we didn't have PTVs for. Well, I think one or two aircraft had PTVs, but for the most part, we still had like one uh, one TV for the whole like cabin. And well, yeah, I remember. I remember flying many flights with that, and I always lucked out because yeah. they played Harry Potter a lot. And you love Harry Potter. But no, the internet is kind of shocking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because and right now, you, it's still kind of, it seems Not archaic, every aircraft has it, yeah. And people always complain about it now that, oh, yeah. you don't have aircraft, uh, air Wi-Fi on this plane. This is the end of the world. Yeah. Like, relax. You can survive. But anyway, so back in 1998, this was quite the luxury. So... All seemed normal with the aircraft as it was preparing for takeoff. After takeoff, there was about 13 minutes of radio silence, and that was later attributed to a radio tuning error. So they just tuned into the wrong frequency. One of those things, it's kind of rare, but it does happen. So while cruising at 33,000 feet, we're now 52 minutes after takeoff. The pilot smelled smoke in the flight deck. It dissipated quite rapidly, and it was attributed to the air conditioning system. Four minutes later, the smell returned, causing the pilots to declare pan, 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 which indicates urgency without fully declaring an emergency. So it's like a less severe way of saying, hey, something's going on, but we're not declaring an emergency. It's a pan, pan call. That's what uh, they call it. So the pan, pan call was received by Moncton Control Center as the aircraft was almost over the the top of Nova Scotia there. And Moncton Control Center controls all the, um, the higher air space in that region. 
the pilots requested to divert to Boston's Logan Airport, which was about 234 nautical miles away. Moncton suggested Halifax Airport, as it was only 66 nautical miles away. Uh, and this was accepted by the pilots. So now it's 22.18 Atlantic time. It's one hour after takeoff. And Moncton Center hands them over to Halifax ATC, who is in charge of controlling traffic in and out of Halifax Airport. At this point, the crew requested more flight distance to allow a safe descent from its now current altitude of 21,000 feet and to allow the cabin to prepare for landing. As we know, this is one hour into flight of a transatlantic flight. As flight attendants, we know that that's like peak time for service. Everybody's got their tray tables out. Everyone's got a tray with food on them. They're probably all enjoying their meal at this point. I mean... That's the case now. It wasn't the case in 98. Must we assume the same? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Plus they had that, they had three classes of service. So they had first class, business class, and uh, well, I guess they call it coach in the US. We call it economy here in Canada. Uh, So they had all three classes. So chances are all three classes of service were were being served their meals at that time. Uh, So the pilots also requested at this point to dump fuel uh, to reduce their weight for landing. Uh, so they were vectored or directed south uh, to St. Margaret's Bay for safe fuel dumping. And at that point, they could also remain in close proximity to the airport. So now in the flight deck, the pilots are following their checklist. And their checklist for this one says, in case of smoke of unknown origin. So as part of that checklist, they shut off power to the cabin. This also shuts off the recirculating fans in the cabin ceiling, thus allowing the fire that was present to spread within the flight deck quite rapidly. And then eventually the fire killed off the autopilot. So they weren't able to use autopilot. So it's 2224 Atlantic time now. So this is 10 minutes after that initial pan pan call. And the crew tells Halifax ATC, we now must fly manually. And then they declare an emergency. 10 seconds later, they again declared an emergency. And you only heard the end of the transmission where they said, and we are declaring emergency now, Swiss Air 111. That's the last transmission that uh, Halifax receives. Seven minutes later, it's now 2231 Atlantic time. The aircraft strikes the ocean at an estimated speed of 345 miles per hour. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. No, far from it. 345 miles per hour also generated a G-force of 350 Gs. So Instantly, everyone on board was done. So what happened? How? In 21 minutes, did the aircraft go from a normal cruising to slamming into the ocean? So, of course, a massive investigation was begun by the Transportation Safety Board of Canada. Many factors made this investigation particularly difficult. Obviously, the aircraft crashing at such a high speed, 8 kilometers from the coast, much of the wreckage sank to the depth of 55 meters, and some of the wreckage actually washed up on several of the local shores. All in all, over 2 million pieces of wreckage are collected. Each piece was cleaned, weighed, sorted, and they attempted to identify them. With particular attention to any pieces of debris that were showing signs of heat damage. The black boxes were also recovered, but just to throw another wrench into this whole thing, the last six minutes of flight were not recorded. Hmm. Interesting, eh? The crucial lost minutes make the investigation difficult, but also provide a key clue as to the cause of the accident. So the investigation in total lasts about four years. 
the probable cause was determined to be the wiring of that ultra-modern entertainment system. The fire started in the flight deck in the ceiling behind the first officer, and then it spread quite rapidly. The fire quickly took out system after system, crippling the flight controls. The fire in the flight deck was so intense that the plastic pages from their QRH were melted together, and parts of the aluminum in the flight deck melted. That's how hot the fire got. Investigation showed that Captain Zimmerman was not in his seat during impact, and flight uh Sorry, the first officer, Louvre, uh, was the pilot flying. The assumption is that Captain Zimmerman was attempting to fight the fire in the flight deck. The flight control showed that the aircraft impacted the ocean at 345 miles per hour. Everyone on board would have been killed instantly. Many safety recommendations were made by the Transportation Safety Board of Canada following the investigation, and most of those regulations were relating to the wiring uh, and the materials used for the wiring. Memorial services were held in Zurich and later in Nova Scotia. Two memorials are erected in Nova Scotia, one just north of Peggy's Cove, uh, and Peggy's Cove is a very popular tourist spot here in Canada, and the other, which is larger but far more private memorial, is located west of the crash site in Bayswater, uh, Nova Scotia. Many charitable foundations are created in honor of the victims of this terrible crash, and the impacts are still felt today. Many speculate that this was the beginning of the end for Swiss Air, as they were in financial trouble following this incident. They were forced to declare bankruptcy after the impact of the 9-11 attacks, uh, and we all know that the, of the impacts that those had on the entire airline industry. So, that is the incident of Swiss Air 111, just off of, the, the, uh, just off of Peggy's Coast. Peggy's Coast, just off of Peggy's <laughs> Cove in Nova Scotia back in 1998. Any thoughts? Well, well, I mean, that's scary as an airline person's point of view. Yeah. It, that's pretty much all our worst nightmares is you smoke in the cabin, emergency, what's going on, and then that that's don't land anywhere. You just... Yeah. End up in the water. Well, I, I mean, I, I love to relate things back to training. And I remember like such a huge focus on training, uh, on firefighting within our training. And it's funny, actually, I remember one of the, uh, a good friend of mine who's a trainer now, but uh, a month after she finished her initial training, they had like a, a an incident on board where they had smoke in the cabin uh, and she wrote back to her instructor saying it was the weirdest thing. Like you go into training mode when you have to deal with the situation. And I could hear my instructor's voice in my head, basically telling me what to do. So with good reason, we have a big focus on firefighting and training. And I always try and stress to, to my participants, your number one, put out the fire, find the source of the fire and put out the fire because as we just read in that incident, it doesn't take much 21 minutes from, I think I smell something to slamming into the ocean. Like it yeah. goes so fast, so fast. But if you can find the source of the fire and extinguish it as quick as possible, get that bird on the ground, you know, that's, uh, that's important. Well, yeah, that would result if you have smoke in any way or like suspected that kind of thing, you would definitely be diverting but yeah there's a difference between diverting to an airport and then figuring out what's happening and then just ending up in the ocean yeah well there was some speculation like that 
pilots like they neither pilot was conscious during uh, during impact. We don't know because we don't have the last six minutes. So obviously, with all of those. Um, the fire going through all the wires, it was basically taking out the different systems. And one of the things it took out was the system feeding information to both of the black boxes. And that's why they cut out, which kind of ridiculous. Cause it's like, we need that information, but that was another clue as to why. Yeah. Crazy. Mm. eh? Yeah. Well, good thing we're not flying right now. So that's not going to happen to us anytime soon. Well, and I mean, there's been a lot of changes, right? Well, yeah, of course that kind of stuff doesn't, I mean, knock on wood, (laughs) doesn't happen, um, very often anymore, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear about it, learn about it. And I mean, in in many situations you can also, I mean, in this situation, you, we don't know what happened, but sometimes we can, have the perspective of the crew on board if mm-hmm. there's any survivors as well to yeah. to learn from it too and to move forward. I mean, this was 22 years ago at this point. Yeah. So, of yeah. course, there's been progress made in the aviation industry and things to help that. Yep. Well, especially if, if like, just from the beginning, if the pilots wanted to divert further away than the closest airport. Yeah. Then already it's kind of like, well, well, there's more speculation about that uh, as well, because they said, Oh, let's go to Boston. We know that's a suitable airport. And chances are they would know the Boston airport far better than they would know Halifax airport. Cause how many flights are there from Halifax to Geneva? Whereas Boston, I'm sure they would have a somewhat regular route to multiple multiple cities in Switzerland. So they were probably more familiar. sorry. They were probably more familiar with the Boston airport, but at that time, time, uh, time is critical when you're dealing with, with an incident such as this. So that's why ATC was like, uh, Halifax is like right over there. It's only 66 nautical miles away. And so they're like, yeah, let's do that. And it's, it's really tragic too. Cause it's like, if you look at Peggy's Cove and you look at, Halifax International Airport. You're like, it's it's like a stone's throw away. It's so close. But, you know, when the fire was literally in the flight deck and you can't be in there to control everything, that's just the worst luck. Well, yeah. And you can't just, well, like you said, they had to fuel dump first. Mm-hmm. So, and it's all like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to land my plane wherever there's all these technical things. And, yeah. Yeah, if you take off, you can't just land right away. That's just not how it works. And it's a big metal thing. So you have to, yeah, there's all, I mean, I'm obviously not a pilot, but I know, you know, a minimal amount to know that you, you, you can't just decide to, okay, yeah, we, we can't fly right now. It's just like, Shoot straight down. Yeah. Anyways, we can't just land. Aviation is definitely a complicated thing. That's why pilots go through hours and hours of training and schooling and flying hours to be able to fly these big, dangerous, scary things (laughs) that if they crash or don't land properly or anything happens, then it's a 
big, big disaster. So, yeah. but we're here to talk to you about these disasters Good. And, and to I, learn. And like we said on the last episode, we want to hear about anything you've dealt with, whether it's just incidents with passengers on planes. Um, we'll never read out names of airlines uh, on the show uh, and we can keep names um, secret as well or secret. We'll use aliases or whatnot. So if you would like to share any of your stories from uh, anything that's happened to you on a plane, uh, please feel free to send it in to moderate turbulence podcast at gmail.com. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, start sharing some of your stories as well. Uh, until next time, until next week, we hope you have a good one. Always be nice to your cabin crew. They might have to save your butt someday. Goodbye. Bye.